When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. What's up, Mike? Derek, it is pretty exciting that we're here because of our new setup. What's different today? Uh, well, we have two polyurethane and sanded barrels that were a gift uh, from Southern Tier Brewing. And then we got a... Southern Tier Distilling. I'm sorry. Both. <laughs> so, same company, but... Same company, Southern Tier but Distilling. Yeah, yeah. Specifically the distilling. And then we got our new tabletop as well. We mounted the board, so it'll very be... Very high-class whiteboard. Very high-class whiteboard. It'll be interesting now to update it, because we're going to have to swaddle the fact that it's uh, right. permanently attached to a wall, yeah. but that's fine. That's why you have perfect handwriting. Exactly. I mean, it's to account to write on a wall, I guess. Yeah, but you're going to have to cant your body <laughs> the way you cant your notebook yeah. when you write with your right. finger that's got a maybe permanent spot have, on it. Maybe I'll just have you hold me up at an angle so I can write. Yeah. And then that'll be perfect. We should film it for the viewers. <laughs> yeah. All 52 viewers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's sweet. We got this awesome setup. We moved the camera that way it can show the actual table. Um, and our and sweet then also dad our slippers because my basement's freezing. It's, it's fine. But, this is what it's all about. Yeah, it's what it, exactly. We got to grind somehow, right? That's it. Dad mode is activated. If everything went perfect, I would be scared. And yes. I'm pretty sure I said that last time. Yes, it's but true, though. We're closer together now, which yep. is awesome. So if we want to do the reverse osmosis distilled water with hemlock leaf, we can actually hand it to each other instead of me getting my fat ass up and walking over to you. So right. that's sweet. Sure is. Uh, but yeah, so nice setup. I love this. We're going to be working on the tabletop as we continue to go forward. Yeah, it's a growing project yeah. so people can understand that uh, as we grow, our setup grows. Right. So there's actually another project that you're doing in your basement, uh, which will happen behind you. So keep an eye out for that. We're not going to give any specific details yep. we'll see who really catches on um and then we're going to work on this tabletop as well it's going to be permanently mounted and some updates so you guys can keep listening and watching and see what we do yep. but it's going to be pretty exciting I'm, I'm pretty stoked for that project and hats off to mike no pun intended because again coming in hot with the hat that's right the hats off to mike because he did all the work on this table and you did a great job sanding this down these were older barrels from Southern Tier Distilling that they gifted us, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but there was definitely some TLC, some tender love and care that needed to be put on this bad boy. So awesome job, Mike. This is incredible. Yeah, I appreciate it. And yeah. we're not going to get any slivers because you sanded this like crazy, which is fantastic. Yeah, so shout out to my buddy. Uh, he wanted to contribute. So as I looked at the wood and said, yeah, that'll work, um, he cut it. And then I said, well, I'm going to sand it. And then he just took that job and started doing it. And oh, I sick. just I watched and then... Uh, 
did a quality control measure, but that was his way of contributing. He wanted to um, put in some work as well to, to help support. So props to him. Thank you for that. And then he actually came over and watched me polyurethane and gave his two cents, and uh, that also helped. So, yeah, it was cool. It was a really fun experience to throw a heater in my garage and start going to town on these barrels, but it was I warmed up pretty quick, so it wasn't too bad. It's also like negative 12 degrees right now here in Buffalo. So when we're transporting these barrels inside my house, I'm pretty sure – Three out of my ten fingers have frostbite now. Yeah, so there's no good way to grab a barrel. I don't know if anyone's super familiar with uh, transporting a barrel downstairs because you can't necessarily. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it. all of our followers have done that at some point in their life. Yeah, who wouldn't? So we uh, we realized that because it's Buffalo and it's November, so we're gonna freeze. The metal rings around the barrels were unbelievably warm mm-hmm. so that was a super cool experience oh, yeah. to deal with warm. the heat wave and i'm glad we came prepared with gloves and jackets and everything yeah yeah we're that just was like yeah we got it we're good pretty miserable <laughs> um but yeah and then i also wanted to give a shout out to this hoodie that i'm wearing all american roughneck oh nice so this is actually a guy who i don't know yet personally i just support him because he's awesome um but i actually have his decal on my truck across from my clemson sticker uh, and he has his own clothing apparel line, but he's a pretty famous professional bodybuilder that oh, lives cool. in Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh. And he started this clothing line, All American Roughneck, because that's his message. He just goes to work every day and puts in 100%, and then he's every day trying to be 1% better than he was yesterday. Sure. Um, which actually comes into what we're going to talk about with some of the motivation and, and what we do to stay positive. Absolutely. And then for... Um, his overall message is basically put in work, like I said, but stay down to earth and humble. And that that aspect really drove home because all he cares about is his family and looking good naked. So that's literally his quote. Um, that's why he works out and eats the way he does. So I take a lot of his tips. Um, I bought two of his hoodies, and they're super comfortable. So All American Roughneck is his company. That's sick. Yeah, so I just wanted to give a shout-out to him because he's all about me. Not All-American Roughneck right here. Puma. This is Puma. Did you know about the uh, the story behind Puma? I do not. So Puma was actually... Hashtag not a sponsor. Yeah. Neither are sponsors yet. But... <laughs> yet. Pu- yet. I like it. Yeah. I gotta say positive. Yeah. So Puma <laughs> is actually a family-owned business that gained a lot of traction and expanded. But the brother of the owner of Puma is the owner of Adidas, which um. Americans call it Adidas. So... Again, that's actually not planned, but I'm wearing wow. an Adidas shirt. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. So, yeah, the uh, the brothers were actually working together for Adidas. They got in a feud, and then they split up, and then the brother left and formed Puma. Oh, okay. And that's the uh, that's the story behind them. So, look like I said in a previous episode, I used to sell running shoes, so I, I know, know a lot about the history. Yeah. Um, this came from Short Par 4. Have you ever heard of that? No. No, we're going off with these plugs today. That's what I'm saying. So Short Par 4 is a golf subscription box where you sign up for Oh, yeah, dude, you told you. me about that dude, subscription. loved it. But I was like, all right, I've done this for two years. I don't need to spend $50 and get $50 a month and just keep getting clothes. I have a closet full of clothes. Pretty sure I have more clothes than Gina does. Yeah. But they just kept sending me stuff because it's part of the subscription box. So this came from there. Sweet company. It's, it's an awesome program and, like subscription box right but i just had to call it quits for right now at least over the holidays i'll start it back up but right now exnated exnated you gotta save for christmas did you start christmas shopping yet dude i'm a december 24th christmas shopper are you yeah i can't because my anxiety level spikes and then i start sweating so i don't put that much pressure on myself (laughs) but i uh i have waited too long this year which is frustrating because i do it every year i always say all right 
January, I'm going to start Christmas shopping for the whole year, and then I'll just start listening to people and picking up, like, onesie twosies, and then I won't be broke. Didn't happen. So, here we are. (laughs) November's about to end. Already halfway through November. Yeah, and I haven't gotten a single thing for anyone. Yeah. Well, because the mall gets just so packed. Are you a mall goer, or do you just do everything on Amazon? I, I go to the outlet malls. Okay. So, yeah, but not this, you know, the mall down the road. So um, I don't I don't go to the Galleria just because I can get more at the outlet malls for less, and then it surprises people. They're like, "Oh wow, oh yeah. Michael, you went all out this year." <laughs> yeah. And then uh, most times they reciprocate back with better gifts the next year because they know that I went out yeah. and did halfway decent for them. But it's obviously not about gifts. Right. It's about the Lord, but uh, <laughs> and his birthday. But which, just so everyone knows, I'm not I'm not super religious. Yeah. It's just a joke. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we got. And do you want to touch on our whiskey today? Absolutely. All right. So this is a special whiskey. Very special. It is from Black Button. And this whiskey actually has not been released yet. So, it, okay, I, I shouldn't say it's whiskey. It's a coffee liqueur. So it's not a whiskey. Okay. It's a liqueur. Yeah, so it's a specialty from who? Black Button. Boom. So Black Button is releasing this product. And I believe it's on November 29th that they're releasing it. Okay. So they gifted us a bottle and said, hey, if you guys want to do a little review on it beforehand, let's partner up and we can give you guys a bottle if you want to review it. I'm like, absolutely. This is going to be awesome. So it's not whiskey. It's a liqueur. And uh, throughout the episode, we, we emailed them uh, asking a little bit for more information around the specifics behind the whiskey or the liqueur. It's going to be really hard for me to stop saying liqueur it's okay. or whiskey. I'm doing it the reverse right now. And we actually have another thing coming up, which is a, a cream. So it's going to be really hard for me to get yeah. these right. But anyway, so this liqueur, uh, it's going to be released on the 29th. And we have it right here that we're going to sip. Uh, and we're really excited to try it. So right now, the label on there is a temporary label because, one, it's mad new. And, two, uh, we just wanted it as soon as possible without a label on it. So uh, this is a temporary label. So it's not going to be their actual official label that they go into production with. Yep. But uh, just to give you guys an idea, so this is a um, 48 proof, I believe, and this is um, has Jason Barrett's name on it, founder, master distiller. The, the sample label doesn't have any information on it, really. It's just giving you the alcohol content, uh, but it's 48 proof, 24% alcohol. So again, we're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too worried. Do you want to go into cocktails and then we'll get into our topic of this episode yeah yeah so this again this is a little bit interesting and i'll i'll do the drop in a second but this (laughs) episode is a little bit interesting because this is a again a liqueur it's not a bourbon so and it's coffee flavored so there's going to be specific cocktails that black button provided us really to promote how you can drink this they actually said probably don't drink it straight well here we are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they said probably don't drink it straight because the liqueur no one drinks a liqueur straight it's except a flavor the, except the buffalo happy hour. right except the buffalo happy hour we will do anything for alcohol so content. this is literally like drinking straight <laughs> coffee creamer in hopes that we wake up because it's coffee creamer and it's got to be caffeinated yeah also good point so we're recording this real early too i wasn't going to tell people but it's Guys, it's 9.14 in the morning, and we're drinking a liqueur to start our day. On Saturday. On a Saturday, which makes it somewhat better, but we're, we're busy. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a lot of filming, a lot of editing, a lot of interviews, yeah. a lot of driving, transporting, outside work for barrels, tabletops. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on for this right. to keep the viewers happy, you guys, because that's what all this is for. But it's uh, we're swamped, dude. Dude. 
I'm shocked with how much stuff we've actually had to do. Yeah. Like, just two days ago, we went and had an interview with, oh, geez, we haven't even had initial sip, and the Wi-Fi went off. This is it. Cheers, man. Cheers. That is good. It's good enough to drink straight. Yeah. It are, makes, are you pleasantly so, surprised? I am. Because so when it we, makes, yeah. Hold, so it, it makes sense that they don't want you to drink it straight because it's a liqueur. But this tastes so good, you could actually do it and get away with it. It has coffee, and I'm getting chocolate, too. Yeah, there's a little bit of chocolate, and then you definitely notice the coffee beans in it. Um, I'm excited for the cocktail section, because yeah. this is going to be really cool. Yeah. So, That's good. So let's just do it, man. Derek, drop the beat. Cocktails. All right. So... <laughs> This is never going to get old. Just your reaction. You have that smirk on your face just like, I don't know why we're doing this. It's all good. So this is the... I love you, man. Awesome. <laughs> this is the cocktail section, and this is for the coffee liqueur from Black Button Distilling. I will do the ginger old-fashioned, which is bourbon, this coffee liqueur, and ginger syrup. Pretty simple. Yeah. Um, I would take it that that would taste amazing. Absolutely. Ginger syrup would probably give it a really nice twist. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. Yeah, and then the other one on here that I want to touch on is the salted caramel. Is it caramel or caramel? How do you how do you pronounce it? I say caramel. Yeah. Then I get yelled at, but I don't care. But who actually pronounces it caramel? People outside of Buffalo. Do they? Yeah. Is that a Buffalo thing? That we say caramel? Yeah. Probably. Caramel. Yeah. Well, I mean, we emphasize our A's, and then we shorten everything and try to be as fast as possible when we speak, and we're nasally. That's true. That's the Buffalo accent, but whatever, man. We don't have an accent. Everyone else has an accent. Yeah. Conform to us. <laughs> <laughs> so the the salted caramel uh, for you outside listeners, we haven't a listener in Aruba, man. Yeah, That's we're getting there. sick. Anyway, so coffee liqueur, apple pie moonshine. Ooh. Yeah, caramel and salt. All right. This sounds fantastic, too. Yeah. Apple pie moonshine with a coffee chocolate flavor. Can yeah, you down. imagine that flavor profile? I'm down, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so really excited. We're, we got to try one of these. When they release it, we'll probably end up going to the release party or whatever at Black Button. Yeah. And I'm sure that they'll have those cocktails ready to make for us. Yeah. I'm ex- well, yeah. for everyone. Not Dude, just for, for us. <laughs> really, they're just going to make it for us. Obviously. Yeah. We're a huge deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll, t- we'll touch on it um, a little bit later in the w- the rating section. Yeah. This is going to be a different... It's going to be a similar rating scale, obviously, because we're consistent. But remember, it's not a whiskey. It's a liqueur. Yep. Where the screwball was an actual whiskey. Yeah. So this is a liqueur. And we got some cool stuff coming up, too. So before we get into the motivation section, the we had a talk with Buffalo Distilling... And we, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, because that would have been released on the 17th, Mm -hmm. we're actually recording this on the 16th, so it'll be released on the 17th, which is a Sunday. We did an interview with Buffalo Distilling to help promote their barrel-aged Krupnik, right? Krupnik? Yeah. That's how you pronounce it? Yep. Yeah, so they're doing a barrel-aged Krupnik release, which is, if you're Polish, you you gotta love this Krupnik. We had it last night, too, because we went back, because I'm obsessed. (laughs) But do you know know how to actually, like, the parts of Krupnik? No, I don't. No, I'm per- it's like vodka and honey, right? Well, yeah, those are the two main ingredients. Yeah. I just don't know the actual makeup. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And then they said in the interview that it's 
specific to each household. So right. each Polish family, you know, so many odd years ago, you would go to their house and then they would pass that around around holiday season. And then that was, you know, the, the age-old recipe that got passed down from generation to generation. And then each house would kind of make their own little twist on it. Um, but it's overall the same name and same drink. Yeah. So you can equate that to anything about Thanksgiving that you do with your family. Of you know, grandma does something for their apple pies that are just different, make yeah. it taste better. Um, end of the end of the day, it's still apple pie. Yeah. So it's the same thing with Krupnik. Yeah. So they have their regular Krupnik right now that they make. Yep. And they're releasing this barrel aged Krupnik, which they're just taking their Krupnik and finishing it in their bourbon barrels. Yeah. For a little bit. And that's and a then, limited release. Yeah. And it's yeah. only going to be available there. Yep. So we're going to be going to their release party again. We're committed to so much stuff, and I love it. Yeah. My life revolves around whiskey now. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we're going to be there. It's going to be an awesome time. We had it at the interview, too, and you can see us taking a sip of that. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's got but, a really nice finish to it. Yeah. So those are the two whiskeys and liqueur that is going to be coming out shortly that they wanted us to kind of promote to help them drive some traffic there. So, mm-hmm. And with Buffalo Distilling, too, we've had discussions with the uh, the front of house bar manager there, and we've been talking about potentially having an event there. So let us know if you listeners would like that, if it's something that you would be interested in. We want to do it like around February time frame. So really just gauge us. I'm looking back there. We moved the camera. Um, so we want to know the interest level to see if it would be a cool event, if people would want to go. We're still... Like it was just a thought right now, but we can finalize details later on. Yeah, but I think that'd be a cool, like a Buffalo Happy Hour event to have at Buffalo Distilling. Yeah, so the event is basically doing a tasting room, and then any followers, listeners, fans, and anyone who wants to support can come hang out with us, um, try all the different products that they have, and then obviously have food and drinks mm-hmm. and just have a good time at, yeah. at Buffalo Distilling. Absolutely. So it'd be like our own little private event. So if you're interested, just drop a comment or text us, and then uh, let us know. Yeah thinking around february time frame yeah cool so this is the the liquor that we're going to be tasting all episode and we'll give our rating a little bit later but let's get into the meat of this episode man the meat of the episode meat of the episode which ties into a lot of the owners and founders of a lot of the distilleries that we work with and promote um but the entrepreneurial mindset is a huge topic of discussion now especially for our generation everybody doesn't want to work for the man um Everybody wants to make more money, and then they want to provide for their kids what they didn't have as kids, right. which it's a, it's a battle for sure because you are you want to do the best, especially if you have kids. You want to provide for them, and then you want to have a, the best life possible for yourself, and then you just get so caught up in work and making money that you know other things could slip, fade away, whatever, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that's a better life, so you're always trying to juggle it. Yeah, so kind of speaking on that, how do you maintain motivation when you're, you feel like you're slipping a little bit? Because you're easily known as the more outward motivational person between the two of us. You post every morning on Facebook, the Book of Faces. You post every morning on there talking about your motivation level and just trying to get everybody into this mindset of just try your hardest. Today's a great day. Um, So how do you maintain your motivation when you're in the thick of it? I think a lot of it equates to my childhood and then different things that I went through, um, whether it was sports or the military, but I basically just realized that at a young age, um, everything comes to an end. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a, like a bad spot mentally or 
physically exhausted, say like you're going through a, a strenuous workout, that will come to an end eventually and then you can move on to something else. So don't get caught up in that exact moment of suck per mm -hmm. se and then let it affect your entire day. Like there's there's 86,400 seconds in a day. Mm -hmm. So just like relax, take a deep breath and realize that just because you have 10 seconds of suck doesn't mean that the entire day is shot right. because you still have all those other seconds. So um, what I always do is I just reflect on the inside and realize that it'll come to an end. I remove myself from the situation mentally, even while I'm still doing whatever it is, and then come back and I feel a little bit more refreshed. But you just, I don't know, like I'm able to compartmentalize and then separate what's actually happening and, and where I could be. So an example is... In the military, we would get smoked all the time. During sports, when I played football, we would get smoked all the time. It Can was, you explain what smoked means? Yeah, so smoked is basically when you're about to reach your limit physically and mentally, and you're like, I, I physically can't do anything else. Um, everything burns. You have a ton of lactic acid built up in your muscles. Your brain is telling you to stop, but you know that physically you could keep going. Um, so you're at that pivotal moment where you could either just stop and then kind of relax or just push through and then really make that progress. Sure. So for football, it always happened at conditioning because we would practice for two hours and then you would run sprints at the end of practice. So that was tough because I was, um, I was playing both sides of the ball and I had to run routes as a tight end, but then I also had to do laps, wind sprints, and then different shuttle drills as a linebacker. So I was going all over the place and you just, your legs are shot because yeah. you're holding a squat and then you have to break out of your stance and all this other craziness and you're just, you're, you're smoked. Um, with the military, it could be anything. It could be a 12 mile ruck yeah. march. It could be push ups, sit ups. Um, if you do something wrong and it's corrective action and you're in the middle of that and you're doing flutter kicks, um, literally anything. So I always laugh. That's my crutch. If it's really bad, I'll just start giggling, and then everyone's like, "Dude, how are you smiling right now?" And I'm like, "Who cares, man? Like, right. what are you gonna do? like? We're out here, you know what I mean? Like, we're in it. Like, yeah. what are you gonna do? Go home." Um, and that actually really helped me during different training events, when especially when we we're in Australia, you're exhausted from all the elevation changes, jet lag, things yeah. like that, and there you are, you got 80 pounds on your back, and you're walking up a mountain, right. and the guys are absolutely exhausted. They're sweating. Um, some guys are you know, basically about to fall out or cramping, things like that. And then they look at me and I'm just sitting there giggling because we're out here. Right. Like we can't go home. What are you gonna do? Swim? Like <laughs> the plane shows up in just about three weeks. Home. Yeah. I'm like, just, just relax. <laughs> just smile. Exhausted that. Yeah. Um, and then that's outside of physical stuff that even happens if the conditions are terrible outside, if it's raining, if it's super cold and freezing, um, you just got to laugh about it because that's a sense of humor can actually get you a long way. Yeah. And for those who are not in that position, even for business, there's a lot of ups and downs in business and keeping up with life bills, um, just trying to maintain happiness. And that triangle that people always talk about where it's like social life work, and then trying to maintain a certain level of fitness. And you're like, how do you juggle it all? And it's, Really, it's, it's exhausting to keep up with, but yeah. the biggest thing is you have to realize that time management is your friend. You just got to capitalize on it. So I also do that. I also back plan my entire day. I try to stay ahead. Um, I get made fun of because I pre-plan my outfits. It actually came up yesterday. I was getting ripped on for that, but it actually helps me maintain what I have to do because I knew that I had to, to work all day for this, right? Yeah. So if I'm doing whatever I was doing yesterday, I already knew what I was doing today 
outfit wise, um, what I had to do to load up everything that we needed that we're going to use for today. I had all that squared away, so I wasn't thinking about it. So I could be in the moment, stay present, not be on my phone. Sure. Um, so I use that for everything. I just, I just plan. Yeah. You have to plan. If you don't plan, you're going to set yourself up for failure. Is that all in your mind, or do you write that down? Too? It's all in my mind. Yeah. Um, I used to start with lists, and then I just got into a, a rhythm where I transitioned out of doing to-do lists, and then I could just memorize it. Sure. Um, but that. You know, sometimes I slip up with other stuff where I'd, I'd forget something else. So then I, you know, started using more calendars. Um, so now it's a mix. Like it, for events and stuff, I use calendars just to sure. keep my days straight. But then when I make a to-do list in my head, I'm not like writing out, okay, wake up at this time, you know, and, and creating a timeline. Um, I just do that mentally and then execute it. Right. So that's that's how I stay positive and, and in it because I'm always focused on the next task. Sure. I'm not like dwelling on something or whatever. Um, and then a tip for people too, when I was making a to-do list for the day, I would start with the most difficult task. So the day got easier. It didn't get harder. Mm -hmm. So I started with the things that I did not want to do at all. Um, it, whether it was a chore, whether it was an appointment that I was dreading, or if it was just something that, you know, I wasn't a fan of, that's what I would focus on. I would knock that out first and then I would go home and cut the grass at the end of the day because I enjoyed that. So... That's a very good point because there's two different mentalities there, right? There's starting off with the easiest, that way you feel accomplished because you're conquering an easier task. Yeah. But then as the day goes on and you get tired, you're looking at this gigantic task that you don't want to do, you'll make every excuse up not to do it. Yep. I remember this is a very, very small example, but back when I worked at Tops, we had sections that we had to do because I was in the dairy department. Cheese was mad easy to do all came in bags you just got to put it on a hook and then walk away coffee gotcha. creamers you just throw it up on the shelf that's fine yogurts though you had to stack and like make look pretty every all labels facing out it was a bear to do and there was a ton of them because everybody likes yogurts because everybody thinks yogurt makes you, you thin but we won't talk about that but uh so the yogurts were the abs- absolute like dreading point of the day because no one wanted to do that i started with that kind of like you're saying because I have the most energy right now. Let me get this out of the way. That way the rest of my day is a little bit more smooth sailing. Yeah. And I think that that point kind of goes a little bit unnoticed because people don't want to start with a hard task, even though they know as their day goes on, it'll get progressively easier. Kind of how I deal with some of my motivation and everything like that is similar to how you are, but there's no point in pouting, kind of like you were saying. If you're pouting, the job still has to get done. So why are you wasting time and energy being upset about something when you can just fix it and move on? Yep. That goes for work. That goes for personal life. That goes for the dairy department at Tops. I mean, it, everything. If you're sitting there and you're complaining, thinking about why you're stuck in this situation and why you have to do this specific task, that is time away from you being happy after the task is done. Because everyone knows as soon as you get your task done, you're happier. I mean, when you go outside and we are shoveling snow because it's Buffalo and it is snowing six inches like it was the other day, no one wants to go out there. My snowblower is still broken. The guy called me and he said he wants $785 to fix my snowblower. Yeah, okay. I'm getting a new one. Yeah, you're just going to buy a new one. Yeah. We can use my truck. Screw that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll open up a Home Depot credit card to go even more into debt, but I'm not paying this guy $785 to fix my snowblower. But anyway, so... Hopefully he's listening so he knows. Oh, hopefully, yeah. Maybe he'll <laughs> give me a discount then. Hashtag not sponsor. So <laughs> I, it's snowing six inches, and I wake up in the morning. Gina has to go to work, and it's like, I don't want to go out and shovel, clearly. No one wants to go out and shovel. But 
Gina has to go. The more I think about me not wanting to do it, I'm going to hold her up from getting to work. She has a long drive to work. And if I get it done and over with, then I'm done with the driveway for the day. So let me just get up, put on my brave face, go outside, bundle up, got new boots, finally, which we can talk about. Nice. Uh, if I just do it now, I won't have to do it later. And I think that that mindset is very hard for people to grasp because they just feel like if they pout, it'll go away, which is definitely not the case. Yeah, I started with personal development, too. Um, it's not like I, I woke up like this. Like yeah. That's not what happened. Um, there was a lot of hardships and obstacles that I had to get through when I was growing up. And, all like, obviously I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't change anything that happened in the past. Like, it molded me. Like, sure, it did. for Absolutely. Right. But there's there's a lot of stuff that I had to work on. And it wasn't... Um, it wasn't that I had to go see a therapist or anything crazy. I just, I read a few books. Um, I started listening to more people that were specific motivational speakers, but it's not that I did everything that they said or um, like I wrote everything down and took super good notes and started highlighting their quotes and hung them up on the wall, like nothing like that. Right. What I would do is just play it. And I treated it like a podcast before podcasts got huge. Sure. And I would basically play a youtube video or um listen to their channel and just play one of their videos and then go about my day if i had to cut the grass if i had to work out if i had to do something i would just listen to it in the background so all those subconscious and subliminal messages would enter my brain without me really focusing a ton on it and the front of my brain would pick up on a sentence here a sentence there and then it would kind of grasp different concepts and and key points and then that that really helped um and a lot of people don't do this but if you drive instead of listening to talk radio or the same song that you've already heard 40 times listen to an audiobook listen to a podcast listen to some guy talk about business or you know things that aren't openly discussed all the time like how to balance a checkbook like do that and use your time wisely instead of listening to the same song that you've already heard by you know who, whatever artist um, because then you'll realize how much time you waste doing the same, yeah. like, mindless thing. But then you can't practice your singing for when you're on American Idol. Yeah, I mean, that's true, too. But if you're not going to open mic <laughs> karaoke nights every week, then, you know, you're not taking it too serious. But right. it's just, stuff like that really helps. Um, and that's that's how I started. And then by the time I was able to really transition out of it, I was able to take anything negative that was coming in and then literally fart out a rainbow and unicorn and look at the silver lining for anything um so that was that was my start that's how i kind of started there's a ton of books the four agreements was a huge one the secret by Rhonda byrne was a big one um but it's basically just really simple things that you don't think about all the time and then it it changes your entire view on things and your mindset but mind mindset is very aggravating because it's such a broad stroke it's it's more or less just a a crutch Mm -hmm. because it's it's too vague but when you break it down and look at things it's more or less just your view and the lens that you're looking through on whatever's going on and how you approach different tasks and it's a lifestyle like it's not it it really kind of becomes like who you are which is fine like i realized that i was my authentic self right um do you remember when you first kind of became your authentic self in a sense or like when you kind of stopped being a negative Nancy and stopped looking at the negative because it's human nature to find the negative first yeah 
Yeah, I mean, the, probably the time that I can pinpoint right now is going into college. So when you and I started, we talked about this, the, the college that will be not named uh, when we first went to college. You're right. I knew that I wanted to pay for college myself the first two years because it was a cheaper college that was a community feel. Yes. That's all we'll say. It was a high school um, feel. Yeah, it was a high in school In a community feel. setting. Right. <laughs> Some would say a community college. Yes. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, so that's kind of when I knew that, one, I didn't want to come out of school in $100,000 debt because if I can pay for this, if I work my ass off right now and I can pay for these first two years because it's cheaper, I will benefit when I graduate because I won't have all this debt. So that being said, I flipped this switch of saying that, I need to work as many jobs as I possibly can and make as much money as I possibly can. That way I can not only afford college, but also live some sort of decent lifestyle outside of work and college. So that was back, like I said, when I worked at Tops. I was 16 years old working in Dairy Frozen. And then when I turned, I don't know what the legal laws on it were. Maybe when I turned 18 or something, when I was in college, they had me working at 3 a.m. every day. So no 18-year-old wants to work at 3 a.m. Are you kidding? Right. Especially while going to school. So I was going to school, and this transition when we went to Hilbert together, I would go to school from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Tuesday and Thursdays. I, I was at that. school all day. Yeah, I remember that. And then the other five days that I was off, I was working eight-hour shifts, more than eight-hour shifts, too, because I had two jobs. So I was working 80 hours a week plus my full-time schooling. And that's just when I had to flip that switch to say, like, I'm not a kid anymore. You have to start grinding and you have to start making your own way because no one else is going to do it for you. Right. And I didn't want to be that kid. Nothing against them. Like, we all joke around. I didn't want to be that kid that my parents paid for everything. That's just not who I wanted to be. I wanted something that I owned. I wanted something that I could cherish and could build equity and uh, everything along those lines. So I didn't want my parents to pay for my car. I didn't want my parents to pay for my college. So I wanted to do everything that I possibly could to make sure that I owned everything that I did. And I think that all started back when I got my first job because I knew then that I wanted to make as much money as possible. And the only way that I could do that is if I put on my big boy pants and just did it. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a specific moment? Yeah. So there was there was two specific things that happened. I'll call them events. Um, the first, I was 12 years old. And my aunt that I love near and dear to my heart um, looked at me and she goes, Mike, you have to remember that life sucks and it's never going to get easier. Mm-hmm. And... I walked over to my dad and I was like, dad, auntie just said this to me. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, she looked at me and she said, Mike, I'm sorry for saying this bad word, dad, but she said life sucks and it's never going to get easier. And then he looks at me and he's like, it's okay. That's, you know, it's okay to say that one time, but she's right. It's not going to get any easier. So just do the best you can. And I was like, okay. And for, for the kids that, have that ability for their parents to aid them financially or, you know, share responsibilities or whatever, that's great. I didn't have that option. Yeah. It literally wasn't even in the cards. Um, like, we're, we worked for every single thing we had. So I didn't have that ability and I had to work. And my dad kind of taught me that having the bank own your stuff and you're paying them off and it's like rent is not the option that you want. Like, you sure. would, you would more, uh, you, you want to own your stuff, like you were saying. So I started taking on more responsibility with bills. I didn't, and same thing like you, I didn't want my parents to pay for stuff. Like, it's mine, so, like, I just want that personal 
um, yep. responsibility for it. So I did the same thing. I started working early, um, and then that kind of changed my mindset on money. I was super analytical um, when it came to numbers for my accounts, mm-hmm. and I was like oddly obsessed with it. How how often do you check your bank account? Now? Yeah. Do it a lot. Like, yeah. But there's there's a lot going on. Daily like, or multiple times a day? No, just daily. Yeah. Um, but when I do it, I do it. So right. I go through everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very up on what's coming in and what's going out. Because that's a big thing too, man, is people yeah. our age don't take control of their finances. Right. And they won't check their bank account even when something happens. Like I, as depressing as it is, I get a daily text from this service that says you have X amount in your bank account today. Reply Y to see why it like changed or varied between yesterday right and it's just this accountability that tells me it went down yesterday because i spent 40 dollars on a 14 pound pizza and i'm like okay well this is kind of why i spent this much money but at least i know yeah and i I don't think that that accountability is everyone's method of handling yeah that too and i just know it too like before i make any purchase i'm mentally i already went through that like it it's sickening, and I do get made fun for. Like, I get made fun of it a lot by people that are really close to me. They're like, "Dude, you literally plan everything." Yeah. Like, they ask me as a joke, like, "When do you plan on having kids?" And I can realistically give them a year, yeah, because I'm already thinking about it. I've always been extremely long term, f- like forecasting, planning, sure. um, since I was a kid. But that's just who I am. So it kind of aided me in, in becoming what you know I, I am mentally and positive and everything else. Yeah. But. And then the second event where I actually realized that I could let some walls down and, and relax and be who I am was 2012. I took a cruise, and it was with two of my best friends and their family. Um, it was his mom, dad, and then him and his brother, and we took a five-day cruise to the Bahamas. And it was a year to the day that we graduated infantry school. Him and I gradu- graduated together. Um, we met day zero and then went through the entire um, training down and bending together from start to finish. And we became super close. We're literally the exact same person, mm-hmm. um, even down to like measurements for tuxes and stuff like that. It's kind of strange. Yeah. Um, so we, the four of us or five of us went on this cruise and I made it like a week. I had that ability. I basically took off of work and went on this vacation. I drove down to South Carolina myself stayed at their place. Then we went down to Florida for Cocoa Beach, slept an overnight there, got on the cruise ship, went to the Bahamas for five days, came back. I stayed at their house for like two more days and then drove home. Um, I was 20 and it was incredible because up to that point, I didn't take a break. Mm -hmm. So obviously, um, you know, pre-K, elementary, middle, high school, college, graduated with a two-year degree, went to um, infantry school, graduated from that and then came home. And that was the first 20 years of my life. Like, it was just nonstop. And then there was a lot of hardship with my childhood and um, things that I went through with that. And then I basically went on that trip, and it was the first time I was able to decompress. I wasn't around any family of mine. It was just me and my my buddy. And it was a blast. I started dancing. Nice. Um, You dancing? Yeah. Okay. So I, I started doing a ton of dancing on the cruise, had a couple drinks, um, which... They they thought I was 21, and then there was another dude that just came back from a deployment as an infantryman, so we obviously linked up after that, and then um, he bought me a bucket of beer, and I was like, dude, for sure. So right. that's one for for sure. You're not going to say no, but that was a correct yeah, time to do Yeah, it was. Yeah. So we, uh, 
we, we started drinking, relaxing, and then by the time I was off of that ship, I was so relaxed. I was able to decompress. All the weight was off my shoulders, and I literally felt like I actually embraced who I wanted to be and who I was sure. and kind of like who I was hiding because I had all these different walls up from stuff that I was trying to help my sister through, and like I also had to get through it with growing up and then um, going through school because my sister's three years older, but she came to me, and like I was her rock. Mm-hmm. So I had to like step into that role. And then when I was able to let all that go because it was over with, um, that cruise changed. It changed my life. So when I came home from that, I was, I was kosher. I was chilling. Um, felt like a straight hippie. I drove home with no, I was, I was in flip flops and I was driving my, dude, it was a Subaru RS. Nice. Remember that? Love it. Oh yeah. From the, uh, the Hilbert days. And that was my, (laughs) my, cause my car died on me when I got back from infantry school. So I used my money from, from basic and AIT and then bought that and, uh, just rocked my five speed all the way down to South Carolina and back. And I was just driving home wearing like RVCA shorts, um, a wife beater and sometimes no shirt cause I was sweating and then just cruising home man no socks nothing just rocking barefoot it was amazing and then my dad was like what happened to you and i was like yeah man (laughs) it was like my own woodstock yeah but yeah so that uh that definitely changed everything for me because then i was able to step into finishing my degree uh we linked back up at hilbert and then that was that was the switch we we put on our big boy pants and became adults um but it was a huge transition personally and then personal development started blowing up and i was able to just kind of become who i wanted to mentally and i never left i just i embraced that role so one thing that you touched on a little bit ago too is how you handle feedback and how you're handling critical or non-critical criticism yeah so what can you give some advice to people on how to handle people that are criticizing you one with malicious intent because those people don't deserve your attention if they're just poking fun at you and not giving you critical or like actual developmental feedback and two how do you what advice do you get for people that are truly trying to give you critical feedback for you to grow as a person it's a sense of professionalism for that regard um I just tried to sip and it didn't work, so I had to resip. I, I saw that. Yeah, but you didn't have to bring that up. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so I was deep in thought I to tried answer your to question. Sip, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> the liqueur did not flow out of the glass. So for the for the people that are giving me legitimate criticism to help me grow, I consider that. I mean, the army helped because we do that all the time. If you do a training event and then you basically go through an after action review and you critique everything, yeah. you barely it's it's three sustains and three improves, like three things that are good, three things that are bad. And it always becomes one good thing and then a thousand bad things. And that's the point. So you grow a thick skin with that because you know that it's a sense of professionalism and you're trying to be better because you can always be better. So I translated that to life um, now that I'm basically out. Um, So that helped. But I was kind of doing it before. But you have to preface it. It's all communication. If you come out and you say what you want to – like if you give the meat and potatoes first without the salad in the beginning – you're going to just crumble the person. So I always preface it with, Hey, this is just my opinion. It's just my take. Um, I'm just trying to help you. And then that, that's the switch. So then they understand like, okay, this is coming from a good place. And then I say, you did really good on these two things. And I always start with something positive. And then I say, now moving forward, there was a, B and C. And then I dive into a, B and C pretty quick. I don't beat the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. I don't beat a dead horse. Once I know that they got the concept, I ask. And then I'm like, 
you understand what I'm saying? And they're like, yeah, it makes way more sense. Thank you for that. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely no problem. And then, by the way, when you wrapped up, then I touch on two good things at the end, so they leave on a positive note. Right. And then they go about, they redo it more times than not. They just fix those things, and it's perfect. Mm. Um, so I do that and personally. And then when it happens to me, I kind of ask for the same outline. Right. So I know. I'm like, okay, just you know, hit me with it, but kind of butter me up a little bit. You sure. know, Give me some love. Yeah. Um, and then for the people that are just being negative, it's, it's kind of it's interesting if they're just attacking me i'll either join them and throw them off or i'll just totally negate it and then realize that more times than not they have their own issues and they're doing it so that they feel better about their own problems Mm -hmm. so why would i care about something that they're just projecting onto me because it you know it doesn't matter um and then that kind of goes full circle with what we were taught as kids Mm -hmm. like you're rubber, I'm glue. And then you just go through that saying of sticks and stones, yeah, sticks may and, break stones my bones. and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's kind of that. But whiskey will definitely hurt me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so that is kind of how you actually do that saying yeah. is you've realized more times than not, the person that's maliciously saying whatever they're saying to you verbally is because they have their own set of issues mm-hmm. and they're doing that to make themselves feel better. So why would you let it affect you? Also, it's just, it's a word. Yeah. It, Nothing physical hurts. Right. They didn't punch you. They didn't kick you. Mm-hmm. They didn't throw anything at you. It's it's just a word. Yeah. Like, relax. Um, that's the other thing I do. I don't take things super serious at all, which is why I think we're friends, because right. you're the same person. Like, yeah. we, like, dude, life is way too short to care. Relax. Exactly, yeah. um, but if it's... Um, If somebody's making fun of me, like who's a good friend of me, or a good friend of mine, I went to college. Yeah. I'll make fun a good of myself. Of I. Yeah, like if you make a joke at me and make fun of me, I'll make fun of myself twice as hard right. and make you laugh, and then realize that I can handle it, and then we'll just make fun of me yeah. because it's hilarious to make fun of yourself. But you have to be aware and understand that it's just a joke. Right. And that goes with anything. That goes with stand-up comedy. That goes with anything that you do in life, people you interact with. I'll always make fun of myself first before I make fun of somebody else sure. because I there's so many flaws in me. Why not? Right. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm a metrosexual who plans their clothes out. You yeah. know, like, that's that's ridiculous, we, but we here I am. We joke about it all the time with me, too, because they're like, why do you dress so nice? When I used to skateboard when I was younger, I would wear collared shirts. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, we're skateboarding right now. Gotta look good, though, man. And yeah, you never know when you're going to film your session. Right. And honestly, that's a that's a funny point because I dress the way that I do. You will, No one will ever see me in a non-collared shirt on this podcast because, uh, unless I'm wearing, like, a sweatshirt or something, but um, I am under this impression that wherever I go, I could run into somebody. And if I run into someone, I want to be the best person that I am because that can be their impression of me going forward. If I go to the mall, and this is a story that I had a couple years ago, I went to the mall and I saw a higher up at my job. And as I was there, I was dressed to the nines, like I always am, like jeans, polo, or I think I was even wearing like a dress shirt at the time, like a button up. And if I went to the mall with a work sucks, I know, Blink-182, and then I saw, I ran into her, they'd be like, really, like that's how you're presenting yourself outside of the office? And that is something that I never wanted to do. So I, I always dress like that, just to touch on the metrosexual point. Yeah, but, uh, it is a good point, though, because yeah. you, you want to dress where you want to be in life. Right. So it's, again, it's a mindset that you're trying to adapt and actually exactly. execute on. I, I take this criticism and the, the constructive criticism with a 
a bifold approach. So I look and I really dive into what the person is telling me and figure out, is this a subjective point or is this an objective point? Yeah. Are they telling me something that like doesn't have any bearings and they're saying you always do this or you never do this or you are um, always messing this up? If they're coming at it with these broad words that are very absolute that say you're always doing something or you're never doing something, that's not a constructive argument because I know that I'm not always failing at this. There are times where, probably a majority of the time where I'm succeeding at this. But if you come to me and say, listen, on this meeting, on this day, you said this word and I don't feel like that was appropriate, then that would be a different story because now you're diving into a certain argument or a certain time frame that now I can take back, relive myself and understand myself if this was inappropriate or not. And if it isn't inappropriate, again, that's kind of a subjective point because that's their take on what I did. But now at least I have a reference point. Whereas if they say, you're always saying this and don't tell me an example, now I have nothing to go on. So that's kind of where I divide the point of, is this a subjective argument where they're just attacking me because they feel like they need to attack me? Or is this an objective argument where they're pointing out something specific and telling me to improve myself that way I don't offend or do this situation again? That, that's kind of how I approach that. I, I took a couple it's emotional a intelligence classes yeah. just to understand how, one, how I am. And it was ridiculously one-sided. I am too, too optimistic. Like, there's a point where you're optimistic and kind of borderline realism where you're understanding that there's optimism but you're based in reality. I'm more along the lines of optimism, optimism, where I just like to live my life, even if something catastrophic happens. Like, I get in a car accident and I'm like, I get a new car out of it. It's like, dude, that was like a big thing in your yeah. life. You should kind of live more in that moment. I feel like I'm more on the side of optimism, optimism, which is what I've been working on trying to get myself back into the reality a little bit because I am way too up there. Head in the clouds, man. I'm kind of in the same boat until it comes to specific things that I'm doing, like training or um, like if I'm doing a martial art, if I'm doing some type of firearms, if I'm doing something physical it's a wake-up call because more times than not i'm not the expert which yeah. is good because then I, that's how i grow sure. um but yeah i'm kind of i'm in the same boat i'm optimism optimism if it's life and right. whatever um but it, when it comes to like a real life situation even medical um like if i see a super bad car accident i'm like okay how would i handle that right and then that's when the optimism realism comes into play sure what about confidence how are you with self-confidence versus cockiness I feel like I am borderline, like right at that sweet spot, and that's probably a canned response because I don't, I don't want to say that I'm cocky because I don't think that I am. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, confidence and cocky is more of a perception rather than how I feel about myself. Right. So if people think that I'm cocky, then I want them to tell me that way I can dial it back a little bit. Has anybody ever told you that you're cocky, but they've confused it with confidence? Yes, because that's happened to me too. Yeah, I've been told that I am cocky when I just know. I, I just know things. Like, that sounds cocky. Right. But, like, if I am speaking on a point that I'm extremely aware of... Yeah, like, two plus two equals four. It, yeah, like, you can't call me cocky because I'm telling you a fact. Yeah. That's not how that works. I'm confident enough to know how to get from point A to point B, but I'm not going to... I, I feel like the, the cockiness has a sort of... It, there has to be some sort of negative connotation or negative viewpoint from the person that's confident onto the person that doesn't know like if you say Derek what is two plus two and I say it's four and you're like oh is it and I'm like yeah it's four 
or what is 96 divided by 94.1? If you, if you tell me uh, that and I give you an answer, like, that's not being cocky. But if I say, why, you didn't know that? That's stupid. Like, I knew all this. Then that's, that's, then that's that perception of me being cocky. Um, I think cocky is more of a perception based off of how I portray my confidence. Mm-hmm. I got well, you. What are your thoughts on it? Is I agree. Similar, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely in the same boat. How do you like? How do you attack a task? Um, say it's a golf swing. Say it's um, like if you're wrestling somebody, if you're going into a PT test, or if you're doing some type of firearms, or if you're doing um, something as simple as vacuuming, or cleaning the house, or washing your car, detailing your car. How do you go about that with your like your mindset and viewpoint? Yeah, I, I break it down into different tasks. I feel like if I approach a task as a whole, like, oh my God, I got to clean the whole house today, then I get more of a over, not, not necessarily overwhelmed because I'm very rarely overwhelmed. But if I look at a big task and then break down everything that I need to do, it stresses me out. Whereas if I say like, if subconsciously I know that I got to clean the house, but I'm like, I'll start with the living room right now and then do the living room, vacuum that, clean it, everything, and then just we'll see where that leads. It always leads to me cleaning the rest of the house because then I'm in that mindset and that motivation of I want everything clean. So if I tackle parts at a time, kind of like the the car situation, if I know that I have to clean my whole car because it's a mess, I'll start like taking out the coffee cups that I have because coffee is everywhere in my life. If I start taking out the coffee cups in the back of the car, then I'll go back there and see, oh, the seat's pretty dirty. Maybe I should vacuum everything. And then as I attack one task, it leads to a broader task that now I am more apt to tackle because I'm in that mode, because I addressed this initial smaller thing. I know that we talked a little bit earlier about me attacking the bigger thing, but that's more bigger picture items that need to get done. But the the small minuscule stuff to get my motivation ready, um, I I like to do that. Uh, A good thing that I heard a couple years ago, and this kind of helps... I don't necessarily follow it 100%, I'll be honest with you, but the because I don't necessarily struggle with motivation. But if you are an individual that struggles with motivation, just waking up and making your bed every morning is a huge accomplishment that is such a small task. If you wake up and you make your bed, and then you come home after and your room is clean, you feel so much better about yourself, and it makes you want to continue being a better person throughout the day because you did this in the morning. Same thing if you go to the gym in the morning. I used to go to the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning. Because I wanted to get that done and out of the day because I didn't want to do it after work. But also, as soon as I start going to the gym in the morning, then I have this mindset throughout the whole day that I'm living a healthy day. And it'll make me make better choices throughout the day because I don't want to disrupt what I just did at 5 o'clock in the morning. And it just makes me a better person. So I, I feel like that's kind of a, a roundabout answer to your question, but it kind of applies still. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was a famous SEAL commander that made that comment in a was speech. It? Yeah, okay. it was a commencement speech. He's like, if you want to do great things in the world, start by making your bed. Yeah. Um, but I, if I'm going to do a task, this is going to sound pretty intense, but that's who I am. I'm very intense. I flip a switch and I attack it sure. with violence of action. And to keep the anxiety and pressure down because I put so much pressure on myself that's unneeded, I tell myself that I can accomplish it. So that I'm giving 100%. So when I look back, I actually accomplish it and I do it well. Sure. And I apply that to everything. So I was doing a army school and there was it was combatives. So at the end of the day, which we would roll on the mats from 8 to 5, we would do round robin. And basically everybody stood in a circle, one dude in the center. 
and the guy stayed in the center until he lost. And it was one-on-one, and you just went around the entire class in the okay. whole circle. So it was exhausting, but it was awesome. So I was on the outside of the circle. It finally got to me, and I said, why don't I just attack this kid? Because, he, A, he's he's smoked. Like, he went through two guys already. Right. But if I go in hesitant, then he has time to game plan. So I literally sprinted at him with a full head of steam, speared him, took him to the ground, gained positive control. The instructor flipped out because he's like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And he's like juicing me up. So I got super juiced. And then the next guy came in who like trained judo. He was like a purple belt in BJJ, walked in and just whooped my ass, man. And I was like, you know what? I don't care because at least I went in there with initial violence of action and handled it. And then I was, I was able to take the center. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, I didn't, it's just luck that that's the next guy that went up against me and he t- tossed me on my back and humbled right. me and made me realize I'm still a beta. But <laughs> I mean, that's, that's part of it. So I'll do that with anything. If yeah. I'm, if I'm washing dishes, if I'm cleaning the kitchen, if I'm doing firearms, I'll just walk into it and be like, I can crush this. I will crush this. And I, I'm able to handle it. I'm, the, I'm right. The, right now. I'm the best guy in the room that can handle this task and I can take it on. Um, and I apply that to work. If I get asked to do a task, I'll just sit there and my anxiety spikes because I'm uncomfortable. I'm super stressed out. And then I think about it and I remove myself and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can handle this. Like there's nothing that I can't do. Yes. I will take this on and I'll just take it with a full head of steam and own it. And of course I say yes. And then either it it, it works out. I do great. Let's actually sip this time. Mike. Look at that. I got 1% better than the last. Yeah. There you go. We got to do our rating soon too. Yeah. So the, we're fine, man. We got, we got time. We always have time. I didn't start the timer, so we're doing good. Yeah, we're at like 90 minutes right now, but that's fine. All right. Not so <laughs> we did uh, – so I would do that with anything at work, anything in the Army, and then that allowed me to basically just handle any task. Yeah. That sipped through off my train of thought, but you that's guys fine. get the point. Yeah. Well, basically really what we want to touch on is there's no, there's no right way to handle a situation, but there's a right – mindset to handle a situation you can do whatever method that makes you comfortable yeah as long as you have the mindset that i'm gonna do my best regardless of how i'm going to do it oh that's what i was gonna say so yeah so if i if i do a task that was outside of my comfort zone just taking over then (laughs) i either i either do super well or i do horribly but then i learn from it and then either way i'm gonna grow so why not like just take it on and, and learn yeah but yeah i mean that Dude, that, that can be applied to anything. Carpentry. Exactly. Trying to own a truck, trying to figure out how to move your trifold and hook it up and move barrels and then play with ratchet straps yeah, in 13-degree weather. I mean, it's just it's part of it, man. You just got to grow. Extremely frozen metals on this with, or the barrels here. Yeah, good times, man. All right, you want to touch on the rating a little bit, and then we'll touch on allocate development, and then we'll wrap it up. <clears throat> yeah, Sound man. Sound good? All yeah, right, so label branding. We're going to put an NA for this yeah. because there is no label right now. Sounds good. Because I don't want to fail this because there's a sample label. Yeah. But, I mean, knowing what Black Button puts out there, it's going to be awesome. But let's put an NA for right now until we get Hunt an actual it. label. Hunt it. There we go. All right, so nose. Dude, it smells amazing because it smells like coffee. Yeah. And I'm down. So anyone who knows me personally knows that I'm absolutely obsessed with coffee. I have about two pots a day of coffee, and I'm not joking. It's disgusting. Yeah, I can drink coffee literally right before bed. And we're definitely be not health experts, but oh, absolutely not. we're doing good things. I'm fine. Um... If I'm still breathing, I'm living fine. So, right. I'm a huge coffee fan. And this is all coming out coffee. And I absolutely love it. This is the best one that I've ever had. I'll let you rate it because I'm. it's it's good. A++. Let's do it. All right, perfect. All right, initial taste. Let's see. Initial taste, I did get the coffee. And then I got the... 
Um, what did you, you hit on? Chocolate. That's what I'm getting from uh, initial taste when we first had it. Yeah, I can see that. Do you have another? I'm just getting really heavy coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting a little. I mean, it's subjective again. It's all what you're. I'm tasting. getting more. Co- I'm getting more coffee than chocolate, but the end note, I get the chocolate at oh, the okay. end. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I so can we'll, feel that. We'll so let's that. do initial taste coffee. Yeah. And then no chocolate, and then what do you want for a rating? Ready? One, two, three. Ninety-five. I thought you were. I thought we were given like the A plus. Dude. What a fail! All right. <laughs> We're still new at this, dude. This is our first time ever doing this. We didn't even give it an A-plus check, and then you're giving it a because I thought, <sighs> a total number? Okay. Anyway, I'll change it for the final rating. We'll edit it. I have, I, no, we won't. Are you kidding? The struggle's <laughs> in there, dude. Initial taste. All right, so what What are you giving it? A-plus checkmark. Okay. I agree with that. All right, A-plus checkmark. Ending note is a chocolate, and then I'd give it an A, uh, an A-plus. Okay. I agree with that. All right, so final rating, Mike. You ready? good i wanted to make sure i had a, a fresh taste in my mouth okay yeah one I'm two three 93. 95 okay so i didn't change it i liked it too much so it's, it's gonna good. be a 94 yeah yeah 94 That's again great. this is not a whiskey this is a liqueur this is our first liqueur this is our first liqueur and we are no way experts of liqueur we're no way experts on whiskey we're just having fun here we're not experts on anything right except how to shower yeah that's true yeah which i'm down for hygiene yeah perfect. at all times so fun fact yeah fun fact all right so that's really it uh we want to touch on elegant development again because we're going to be attending that event so just to kind of recap we are going to be attending the christmas spirits event at 500 pearl in the forbes theater which is sick december 4th tickets are on sale yep 20 dollars pre-sale 25 at the door 35 vip and if you want those pre-sale tickets you can either google christmas spirits and look for that elegant development um uh website uh, or if you want to just listen to my beautiful voice and type in elicadevelopment.com backslash this hyphen is hyphen buffalo backslash Christmas hyphen spirits. And then you go there and you buy your tickets. Uh, they're 20 pre-sale, 25 at the door, and 35 VIP. I already talked about that. Distillery. So Hartman's is going to be there. Empire Merchants North, which isn't a distillery. It's a distribution company, but we don't have to talk about that. Uh, Lockhouse, Three Chord Bourbon, Patrick's Rooftop, Tommy Rodder, Black Button. Uh, I don't know if Black Button is actually going to be there. So... Uh, if they are not, I apologize for saying it last week, but I thought that they were, but I'm not 100% sure if they are. And then Iron Smoke is going to be there, too. Um, then they're also going to have wineries and breweries there, which we touched about last episode. We don't have to go over it again. So if you're going to be there, come hang out with us. We're going to be doing interviews. We're promoting it on our Facebook and Instagram page, which are at the Buffalo Happy Hour on Instagram. It's at the Buffalo Happy Hour 12 because awesome. And if you're not listening to, on, to us on YouTube, what are you doing? You should, because there's a lot of cool things that you'll see. Obviously, Eight showing off our dad slips and the barrels. <laughs> showing off the dad slips, absolutely. Of course, man. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's really episode eight, man. Do we have any emails or no? No. All right. Nothing so came in. We will. We might want to record uh, another clip for us on Friday to release to really highlight this, because we wanted to get a little bit more information around the coffee liqueur. Mm-hmm. So if... We do add something on Wednesday that is outside of what we talked about today. It's because we got more information that we want to portray. Uh, again, this is Black Button's Coffee Liqueur. It's coming out November 29th. And, yeah, go try some. It's going to be awesome. Let's do it. Perfect. All right. Well, this has been Episode 8 of the Buffalo Happy Hour, man. Or 9. Who knows? Or 8 or 9 or 10 or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good day. And remember, always drink responsibly. Always. always.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.